Yes? Uh, Mr. Appleby, I'm Jack Meadows from the Kemp Herald. Ah, Mr. Meadows. Come in, come in. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, no trouble. Perhaps singe my porcini's a little, but no matter. Good grief. That's some kitchen. Oh, yes. You've caught me mid-creation, I'm afraid. You know, my favourite part of cooking is the preparation... To be surrounded by diced peppers, crushed chilies, peeled garlic, positive geezers of flavours. Makes you envy dogs, no? <laughs> oh, and a very reasonable red decanting. One for the sauce, two for the chef, I always say. Please, please, a modest glass. I won't tell your paper if you don't. Oh, I, I shouldn't, I... I couldn't have a cup of tea, could I? Oh, now, now, Mr Meadows. Tea hardly goes with red meat. Oh, OK. Just a drop, I suppose. Mmm. That's an impressive set. These? Uh, Japanese imports. I won't say how much, but suffice to say they're listed on my contents insurance. Ah, you're jotting that down. Is it really relevant, my dear man? I'm going to come across as such a blowhard. Your restaurant is the talk of the town. The readers want a sense of the man behind it. Well, you know best, old boy. Build a friend of mine fitted all these. More overhead cabinets than any other kitchen, I'd wager. Not much articulation without knees, I'm afraid. You seem to get around well enough. Would you like to see them? People always do. Mm. NHS fitted me with some ghastly plastic nonsense. I bought and imported some custom legs, first chance I got. Speaking of Japanese steel... Yes, I was hoping at some point we could cover... Oh, I see. So we're past the appetizers and to the main event, eh? My other great passion and that fateful four weeks up in the heavens. I take it your readers want uh, every gory detail? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, Mont Blanc, a route I'd done twice before. I was far too experienced to take a fall like that. It was pure amateur hour. Before I knew it, I was sliding down a steep crevice, screaming my Hail Marys the whole way down. There are better ways to land than feet first, I can assure you. I very plainly heard my femurs snap when I did... It sounded like, well, dry spaghetti into a pan. Oh, very illustrative. Um, Was there much pain? Well, there was the shock, of course, but no. I was told later that a splinter of jagged bone must have sliced straight through all the nerves. My Kobayashi blades couldn't have done a better job. I knew I wasn't climbing back down. The hypothermia wasn't too much of a concern. Low down on the mountain, summer month, sheltered rocky outcrop. For water, I'd simply fire up the Bunsen burner and melt some abundant snow. I'd had worse holidays. Now, my dear man, after several days, the real problem was hunger. Deep Throbbing hunger, hanging in my belly like a rock. Soon came the dizziness, migraines, hallucinations. 
on long nights, I sometimes lay in bed and wonder if I'm still up there. It is a very nice wine. Another? Oh, just a sniff. I really shouldn't. A starving chef. Quite ironic as deaths go. I'd spend the hours watching the snow dance past my cave and fantasize about duck a l'orange or ox tongue in white sauce. I'd go through every tiny step, mentally luxuriate over stirring vinegar into caramelizing sugar or scattering browned onion bits as the tongue skin frazzled and, and cracked. And did you ever think about the bigger picture? Philosophise on your life? No. I just thought about the food. Oh, don't get me wrong. I knew I was facing the pale-faced coat checker. All I felt was that it was... Oh, it seems such a waste. I'd lived a good age, but still had so much to do. I thought about the grubby mechanics of death. My legs, you see, were well ahead of me. Blue, not a hint of life to them. I realised if I did get choppered off that damn mountain, the first thing they'd do was lop them off. So, you see, my dear man, as loony an idea as it is to you, and I'm sure your dear readers, to me, in that wretched little cave, the decision was quite sensible. The toes were the first to go. Any climber worth his salt carries a good knife, and I'd been around my fair share of lamb shanks to know how to cut through joints. I fried them up in a little snow water. They looked like scallops fizzing round the pan. I'd say a mix between pork and shellfish. Mmm, crab maybe. A tad tough, perhaps. The feet were next and just as chewy, all leathery. My jaw ached. Now my carbs were a marked improvement, lean almost, like pork belly. The skin frazzled up like bacon. I even managed to make up some jerky for the long nights. Speaking of which, this should be hot enough now for the streaky. Are you okay, my dear man? Looking a little... Oh, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, just, I just a lot to stomach. Oh, yes, quite. Now, where did I get up to? Ah, oh, yes, my knees. All tasteless cartilage, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, now, but the thighs. Lovely thick swells of flesh, fattened by years of pastries, Delightful little diced cubes of meat skating round the pan on bubbling white mats of fat. By the time search and rescue found me, I was up to my hips. The helicopter pilot said my little mountain rock smelt like a Mongolian barbecue. Uh, I, I couldn't use your... Well, some of us just can't handle the vino, I suppose. It was a very good year. Well, the oven's warmed and the glaze is ready. 
You see, my friend, the thing about human flesh, it's an acquired taste. They also make a song, deadly duck, which falls slowly to the ground. Well seasoned, performed by Andy Colden and Tom Clare. Written by Peter Gardner, sound recordist James Wingfield, post-production by Dan Scout. For more episodes, please visit 2bitproductions.com. The Whisper, through the static.